Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Packs it for three! Yeah! yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself! Oh my gosh, it's over! Windy City Assassin does it again! Just when you think you know something about the Chicago Bulls and how this season's going to go, they tell you to just forget it and throw everything in the garbage because they give up 71 points to Donovan Mitchell, losing overtime to the Cavs. Then they turn around and end the Brooklyn Nets 12-game winning streak. I don't know what to think of this team. I don't know if CJ knows what to think of this team. So we're going to talk through it on today's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network presented by BetOnline.ag. I'm your host, Nick Schultz, alongside my aforementioned partner, former Bulls bench mob member and Tennessee Ball, CJ Watson. CJ, I have said this team is maddening. I have said they are an enigma. What do we think? They're just, they're a whole bunch of bag of words, you know, uh, but uh, it's, it's great to see. You know, at least they got a win out, out of the week and uh, hopefully they can move forward. You know, I almost brought out a thesaurus for today to try and think of different words to use. <laughs> and I don't even know if that's enough because I really felt like we were getting a sense with, you know, the Donovan Mitchell game, the boxing out, the defense is the same old story, but they, they beat the Nets, the 12 game right. winning streak. So I don't, I don't know. I literally pulled my hair out over this. So we're going to talk through everything, find out what this team's identity is, if we can even figure it out. But first, a message from our friends at Bet Online. Basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It is always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events. Whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf. If you're a degenerate like me and bet on week 18 NFL, that is coming up. And you've got the national championship set coming up in just a couple days. TCU and Georgia live from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. It's going to be a really good game. You can bet on all of it at Bet Online. What are you waiting for? Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use our promo <laughs> code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Get that 50% bonus at Bet Online. It's where the game starts. And don't forget, we have an official t shirt of this show, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance, available exclusively at shop.believe.com. There is a lot of great stuff to support all the shows on the network, and there are a lot of them. We just got the email yesterday. There's a lot of them. Go support them all at the Believe Shop. There's a lot of great stuff there. The guys do a really good job putting out some really good hats, shirts, coffee mugs, etc. But the official shirt of this program, if you want to support the show, Jordan Pippen 98, The Last Dance. So we're going to try and figure this team out if we can even do it, because I don't know if anyone can. Monday, Donovan Mitchell scores 71 points. We'll talk about the last two-minute report as well. They lost to the Cavs in overtime. Okay, This team is not good in overtime. That was ugly in that extra period. Okay, You think, all right, they just got blown out by Cleveland. Donovan Mitchell just had the what eighth most points in history or whatever, most since Kobe. This team's off for nothing. Then they turn around and beat the Brooklyn Nets, who are on a 12-game winning streak. How tough is it to evaluate this team when they're all over the board like this? Uh, it's very tough. You know, just like you said, uh, we don't know. We scratch our head just like I'm scratching my head. About <laughs> just uh, what which team we're going to get every night. But uh, like you said, one night they get 71 scored on them. The next night they come in in the Brooklyn Nets streak, which is a, a great home win and probably one of their most impressive victories maybe 
uh, this year. So, uh, so far. So I think, uh, like I said, it's just a toss up and, but hopefully they can, like I said, the key word is be consistent and hopefully, you know, build on this. And I want to give context too, because we've done this when they beaten, like they beat the Mavericks, but they didn't have Luca. This right. Nets team had KD, had Kyrie, had Simmons, and the Bulls still beat them. I mean, it was on, on their home court, which is really good too, but I mean, they still ended a 12 game winning streak. Like yeah. talk that consistency is the key word. This is the definition of an inconsistent team. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like you said, uh, I think just uh, the, just the amount of points they're giving up on the perimeter is the thing that scares me. One night you give up 71, then the next night you come out and give 44 to, to KD, one of the best players ever also. But uh, I think that's the one thing they got to shore up is uh, and clean up is the perimeter defense. And if not, they're not going to you know, go anywhere this season. And we've talked about that. I think every show now, the perimeter defense and I don't know. We talked about trade possibilities earlier this week, and it it's really tough to think about that because you see what this team can be. That Nets game yep. is what this team can be. Yeah. But when it comes time for trade season, do you look at this team as okay? This is an eight and one team against Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, and Boston. Eight and one, and but you can also look at it as but they're four and eight against under five hundred teams. So that puts the front office in a spot, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. You definitely got to find some ways to make this team better uh, without losing a lot of your uh, core players. Um, but I said the front office has a job to do. And uh, I think they they're going to be they're one of the teams that I think that everyone's looking at to see what moves they make, if they're going to really uh, shore up this team and make it better or really just blow it up and, you know, and, and tank. <laughs> you know, everyone keeps using the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde analogy, but I have made it known my fandom of the West Wing is my favorite <laughs> show. It's on my coffee mug. There's the line that Toby Ziegler uses. It's Dr. Jekyll and Uncle Fluffy. That's what I'm using for this team. It's not Mr. Hyde. It's Uncle Fluffy. Because, I mean, the way they play against teams under 500, they play down to their opponents so much, but then they play up to their opponents so much against these good teams. That's why these next three games here, Philadelphia, Utah, and Boston, like, I don't know how these are going to go. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Yeah, hopefully you know, they'll they'll step up to the plate, step up to the challenge, and I'm sure they got a, a earful of uh, the media, uh, the coaches, uh, parents, you know, family, uh, letting this, just texting them, probably saying, "How do you let this player go for 71?" Uh, so I'm sure that they have some kind of pride, and and they wanted to come back the next night and and beat Brooklyn and and really show what they can do. So I'm, I'm sure they have a lot of pride in that locker room. So hopefully, you know, they can get at least uh, two of these wins, and not all three. Well, let's talk about that 71-point performance because (laughs) there's more to that. I mean, I'm not one to rip on the officials. You know where I stand. You don't put yourself in position to let the rest dictate the game. Yeah. That lane violation from Donovan Mitchell, I give credit to Billy Donovan. He called it in the press conference. He's like, you're going to see it on the last two-minute report. There was a lane violation. Lo and behold, there it was. Alex Caruso got called for two in that same game. Now, I'm not one to blame the refs. Like, don't – I mean, the Bulls need to make more shots and not be in that spot and also just – play defense and don't let a guy score 71 against you right i'm tired of seeing the last two minute report be constantly against the bulls because i can count three times off the top of my head this has happened yeah yeah, i think the last two minute report is is bs there's no point to even go back and say oh we missed this but uh we should have called it like it doesn't doesn't make any sense Uh, i'm not a really a big fan of it but uh like you said the the rest call what they call and i'm sure they can call a foul or a lane violation on every single play I watch the games and I'm constantly looking at players sitting in the lane for four or five seconds. They don't call three second violations. So, I mean, they can call that every time too. So I just think, you know, we just got to, Bulls got to put themselves in a better position and hopefully they can find that way and, and get out of that uh, bad stretch. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm all for the referees taking <clears throat> accountability and okay, we messed up, but at some point it's got to be, no, just get the call right. And I know that's right, easier yeah, said exactly, than done. There's yeah. a reason I'm not out there, but right. 
I, I'm tired. I just, I don't know. It's just, it's constantly against the Bulls anymore. And this is from someone who I hate complaining about the officiating, but right. that's just what it is. Yeah, I think so. Like I said, I think there should be like a fine or something if a if a ref misses a call or a big call in the last two report says it should have been went the other way. They should be fine. I think next time they'll pay more attention and you know and and make the right call. Yeah, and I don't know. They also called out Adam and Stacy on Twitter, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> like I, they called out the announcers. <laughs> right, it's I've getting, never it's getting, seen that before. That's the low point. <laughs> yeah. Like why I, I'm all for having fun on Twitter. Don't get me right. wrong. I mean, it's, I, I hate Twitter, but I love Twitter. Like right. it has its good moments. And <laughs> Stacey King's one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite personalities, although Twitter personality. And the referees took a jab at Adam and Stacey because they were ripping the referees. And sure, maybe they were wrong, but don't call out the announcers like that. Yeah, you can't call the announcers. They have nothing to do with the game. They're just doing their job, you know, making it fun for the people listening and uh, for the fans listening. So I think... Uh, like I said, Stacy is definitely one of my favorites uh, to listen to, and uh, while I'm playing, and I know when he used to call my name on on the on the Reddit Bulls radio, he used to you know have me hype and uh, wanted to go out there and have him call my name even more. So just the way he says his name and says things is great for the for the TV and for fans. Right, and he's earned the credibility too. He's got a couple championships yeah, yeah. under his belt. He played with Michael. Sure. Like I yeah, mean, yeah. this is not someone who played a year in the NBA and now is an announcer like Stacy King is accomplished yeah. and Adam means one of the best play-by-play guys in, in sports in my opinion because he does baseball he does football like he does it all I think they're great together and I, I don't know I, I just could not have this conversation without bringing that up because that that jumped out to me I've never seen the NBA officiating Twitter account call out an announcer like that and Stacey retweeted it with a vid- with some video I don't know how he does all that yeah, yeah. It, in true Stacey fashion yeah, yeah, he's definitely, you know, he's one of them. I'm, I'm sure he's got more uh, social media savvy over the years. <laughs> I'm sure he's yes. getting some help, but, uh, you know, it's definitely fun to, you know, just make fun of things like that and, uh, and move on. I'm sure it doesn't really hurt him at all. You know, I'm glad they can have a laugh about it. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it probably was in good fun, but just with the context of the last the, the last couple, last two-minute reports, right? didn't really, I, it just jumped out to me. But, you know, let's let, let's jump back to on the court here because one of the positives of this week, and one of the positives of the year, actually, is Patrick Williams. He had a game. He had 22 points tied for the team high with DeMar against Brooklyn. We've talked about it at length. He is an essential part of this team's success if they want to be consistent and toward the top of the East. For sure, yeah. I think uh, you're seeing his growth uh, offensively. Um, It's coming, uh, obviously, slower than most people um, probably want because I think uh, you have DeMar and Zach there, so he really can't really grow as, as much as people want him to, I'm sure. But uh, like you said, he's definitely growing. I'm sure he's learning from those two players and learning from the experience that he's getting. Well, and we've talked about this too with his development. His first year was the COVID year. He was drafted in the middle of the pandemic. And then he suffered the wrist injury last year, which took out, what, 60-some games. And he talked about that to, uh, Was that after the game last night. I think I saw the quote sometimes where he was talking about, yeah, I lost 60-some games or whatever. So right. I lost last year. This is the type of jump you want to see from a second-year player. You're just seeing it in the third year. And I know number four overall pick, you expect it to be instant impact. You want it, And I think he has been instant impact on defense. But the offense is now looking like it's starting to catch up. Yeah, for sure. I think that's where you might see a trade, you know, down the line sooner or later. But one of these uh, guys like Zach and Lamar might have to go. And when they do go, that's where you can see Patrick Williams step into one of their spots and really take over offensively and be that two-way player that we all think he can be. And speaking of that, I've, I've seen a couple of these like mock trade proposals. Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago did. He put out this whole list of some suggestions he's seen. And I am pretty much resolved to the fact that DeMar DeRozan <laughs> is going to be gone. 
at some yeah. point, whether it be sure. a trade this year or this offseason. It I'm getting the feeling that DeMar is on his way out the door. Yeah, yeah, you can tell that. Like I said, uh, he does. He's a, a veteran player. I'm sure he wants to get, be on a championship contending team. And uh, like I said, the growth of Patrick Williams is probably pushing him, not pushing him out the door, but making it a little easier for the Bulls to make that trade, um, seeing his growth and development. So I think, like you said, he's probably one with the highest trade value right now. And uh, probably one that wants, not wants to leave, but probably wants to get to a contender. And that's why I think he's more likely than Zach to get traded. I still think Zach's yeah. the type of guy you build around. Yes, he only had 13 points against Brooklyn. But, I mean, let me, let me look, at, look at the box score a little bit. I mean, he does other things, though, besides score. And I'm obviously – Defense, maybe not so much. I know people right. are probably thinking was, that, oh, he does gonna, other things. Like <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, he didn't He didn't really do a lot of other things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he still had five rebounds, four assists. He was a plus five. I, I right. know I talk, I joke about plus minus, but the entire starting lineup was in the positive. Like, yeah, that's always I mean, a good thing, though. Exactly. So that, that tells you, like, it's a flawed metric. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to use that as the end-all, be-all. Like, oh, hey, <clears throat> he was plus five. Like, that's really good. No, like, being in the positive, it, it, this is one of the rare times we've seen the entire starting lineup in the plus category like right to me that shows you zach and all these guys can do more than just score and rebound yeah for sure and i think that's what you want to see in a team uh, especially when everyone is all positive and everyone is a threat on the court that's what i i always love to see all five players who are a threat um from the three-point line and just on offense in general because you can't just key in on one or two players you got to guard everyone and i think that's what that's what will make the bulls better when everyone can play uh freely on offense and just be a threat and I know there have been reports. It's been extensive reporting. You're hearing more and more chatter about it. Casey Johnson's been talking about it. Zach questioning his role on this team. And honestly, I can see why with the current makeup with DeMar constantly getting the last shot over Zach. Right. And yeah. I still think his shot selection is questionable. He took, a, he took one, I think it was like a minute left against yeah. Brooklyn that I sat there going, why are you shooting that three? And we talked about right. that a lot too. But I, I think that also kind of proves that maybe he's not sure what his role is when he's forcing shots like that. That's right. why DeMar DeRozan trade just feels inevitable at some point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, it's definitely coming down the line. Like I said, he's definitely one of the better uh, mid-range scorers in this game. Uh, doesn't give you a whole bunch on defense, but, you know, competes and stuff like that. And I think Zach is, is still young enough to really try and figure out where – his uh his value is for the future and i think his future is obviously a franchise player and i think he has to be that player for him to really you know uh, embrace that role and right now he doesn't really like you said doesn't really know his role so that's why he's been shooting these terrible shots and just shooting out of out of pocket shots that probably aren't normal for any for any player franchise or not <laughs> four for 11 from the field one of four from three point territory against brooklyn but i mean i'm when the Bulls win like that, I mean, they said on the broadcast, winning cures all. It helps when Patrick Williams is six of eight, three for four, and seven for seven from the free throw line. That makes me right. so happy. <laughs> Bulls only missed two free throws, by the way. They went 27 for 29. And the only ones who missed were Derek Jones and Zach. Like, I mean, that that makes me happy when other guys are stepping up, too. That shows the level of depth. And that's the blueprint there if you want to compete, is you can't just rely on DeMar to go off for 40, considering they have a losing record when he scores 30 anyway with right. how that happens i have no idea right. but you need other guys to step up and i think it starts and ends with patrick williams and iota sumo yeah you always want your your as Shaq would say your others to do well and play well and, and bring the energy and uh, i like that <laughs> and bring that uh 
that competitiveness you need every night because you can't depend on your stars every night. Every night they're going to have it. And I think Io had the, the play of the game uh, against Brooklyn where he uh, pinned uh, KD's shot to the glass. I think that was a big play. And uh, it shows you his his growth also on the and how good he can be in the defensive end. So I think uh, just the growth of those players and the bench players is going to be key for the for the Bulls, for the Bulls in the future. And that's a big decision too this offseason is what are you going to do with Io Desumu because he plays like a first-round talent. You've right. got him in the second round, which means his contract's up. I think yeah, yeah. Or there's an option you've got to decide on, or there's something with his contract, but either way he's due for an extension already. And yep. I think you have to give it to him, right? You, you can't let him get away. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, you know, Lonzo ball not being healthy this year and you don't really know the feature of his, uh, his knee. So you would definitely want to, you know, lock him up and, and make sure you have at least a point guard for, for the future. If, if Lonzo isn't back. Now I do want to give some context here. Speaking of Lonzo, who I, but we bring up every show because we just don't know the situation. When we talk about these moves, trading Demar, maybe trading Vooch, Vooch is on an expiring contract. Demar is due for an extension. Probably not going to get it. I, I'll be happy to be wrong about that, but got to bring Io back. These moves this offseason, do you plan for Lonzo to be back or how do you approach with that situation? Because he's a key part of everything they're doing. Um, like I said, you really don't know. Uh, only I think only people that really know are the people that are in that locker room in that front office and really seeing uh, Alonzo every day and seeing the strength and the growth of his knee. Um, so um, I think you move forward planning that he's going to coming back, uh, but just have that thing in the back of your mind. What if he does it? <laughs> we got to have our options open. So you just, you know, plan for it, but you never know. My mentality is prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Prepare yep, for him for to sure. not be there, but yep. hope that he comes back because I mean, if he's on this team, we're not talking about trading DeMar DeRozan right now. I mean, that's just the reality yeah. of the situation. He's sure, the straw yeah. that serves the drink. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think you still have those questions with, you know, with Zach and then defining his role and stuff like that. But if Lonzo was here, they'd probably have a better record. Um, guys are getting the ball in easy, much easier positions. Uh, the defense is probably a little bit better also on the perimeter. So uh, with him back, a lot of these questions, a lot of these things, scenarios won't be happening. I mean, the biggest need is a true point guard. That was yeah. on. That was one thing I've been calling for because you need – depth behind Lonzo because Lonzo is the true point guard this team was missing for about three years they thought Kobe White could do it well actually the last guy thought Kobe White could do it Kobe White is not a true point guard <laughs> I mean the last it was guy's name Jimbo or something like that he, <laughs> I don't know he, he, he's doing analysis for NBA TV or something now I saw him a few yeah. months ago I looked up I about fell over I'm like why is he on my TV right and he was breaking down a Bulls game by the way it was right. great yeah. um, but anyway they thought Kobe White could be a true point guard He's not. You knew that coming out of North Carolina. He's, yeah, he was not going to be. Type, yeah. Right. He's a catch and shoot type of guy. So yeah. he's not. Goran Dragic is a great veteran presence on this team. I think he's a good distributor. He's not. Does he necessarily fit that true point guard mold? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. Not anymore. Uh, definitely a backup point guard, but uh, for sure not a, a starting point guard in, the, in this this type of NBA, uh, where it's fast paced, running gun, and the way they switch everything and shoot the three and stuff like that. So I think you got to find one, a young guy, you know, build around him and build around Zach. Well, Iota Sumu could be that guy. But with mm -hmm. the way this roster makeup is and the, the win-now mentality of this front office, and when I say that, I mean they're not going to rebuild. I really think this is going to be a retool. I don't think Iota Sumu is the guy you want to roll out at starting point guard all the time right now if Lonzo's out. Like, I think you need one more body at that position. I mean, do you agree with me? Maybe slide Iota to the two until he's ready? Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely like that idea. I, I like him at the two. I think he's more of an attacker, uh, attacking the rim. Um I think he needs to work on his three ball a little more, uh, which can probably come over the summer. Um, so I th definitely think moving him to the two is, is really good, but he can play any uh, spot defensively because he's, you know, he's big enough, strong enough, and athletic enough to guard uh, the perimeter. 
Because if this team was where, let's say, the Rockets or the Pistons, one of these teams that's deep in a rebuild through the draft, I think you roll with Io at the true point because I think he can handle it. He did that a lot at Illinois. I think right. he can be a good point guard in the league. But just with where things are at right now with the East as jam-packed as it is, I think Iowa at the two is a good fit. Then focus mm-hmm. in the offseason about maybe starting the transition from a two to a one, depending on Lonzo. Right, yeah, for sure. I think a, a pass first point guard for for sure for the Bulls is, is definitely needed. Um, someone who can play both ends of the court. And um, like I said, just be able to set the table for the guys, but also be able to knock down an open three if, if the ball comes to you or guys get double teamed. Oh, an important note on Io, he plays really good defense. You mentioned the block in the Nets game. Like right. that's the other thing. Yeah. Defense. Now they they beat the Nets. Alex Caruso only played three minutes. He left with an ankle injury. So that tells you the defense stuffed up too. They can play the defense. And yeah. we talked about the other day. If you can hold on to Alex Caruso with the deadline, I think you do it because he is the anchor on that defense. Even when he's out, I mean, the, he sets the tone no matter what. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He brings that toughness, that energy that you want and that you need on the defensive end. Um, and, and guys always see that. And guy, when, when a guy sees that, uh, they're going to play just as hard as you and, uh, and want to be on the same level as you. So I think you need that on, the, on, the, on this team. Now, no word yet on if he'll be back for this next stretch of games, which is where I want to wrap up with. They're one and one through this five game stretch, which you five and oh would have been great. Right. I said three and two would be good to maybe stop the calls to blow it up essentially, like trade everyone, like we've been hearing all year. I still think the retool is right. And the fact that they beat the Nets like they did, I just go back to it. That just shows what they're capable of and yeah. why you shouldn't blow it up. So the next three games here, they are at Philadelphia on Friday, which is what the day this podcast drops. So today, if you're listening on Friday, Then they've got Utah back at home, second half of back-to-back. Then they're at Boston on Monday to wrap up this really tough little six-game stretch here against, you had two against Cleveland who, you know, I mean, they were close. Both games were close. You beat Brooklyn. Once you get through these three games, you're going to get the reality check, depending on what happens against Philadelphia, who you've never beaten with Joel Embiid. Utah, who's got Lowry marketed, which the ghost of Christmas past, as I'm calling Lowry Markkinen. That's your guy. And (laughs) Tell me about it. And you've also got Boston, who you've beaten twice. Like, you can go three and two on this stretch. If you can beat Philadelphia, you're going to shut a lot of people up. Yeah, that's going to be a big win, a big test for them, uh, just to see if they can, you know, complete that task. Uh, Joel Embiid is a, a handful. Um, James Harden is a handful. So it's going to be good to to see if they can uh, get get a win, get a win on the road, and that'd be a big win, and then try to come back home and, and get another one. Not many teams do, but this team right. doesn't have anybody who can guard Joel Embiid. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so that's, it's going to be a guard by committee. Andre Drummond didn't play against Brooklyn. I would like to see that Vooch and Drummond look on defense. Like I'd like to see that the two big look just to stop him. Like, I mean, right, so you yeah. got, you got Harden too. You got other playmakers to watch for, but Joel Embiid is the guy. He is the Bulls kryptonite. Yeah. He's the focal point. Like you said, nobody can really guard him in his league, the way he shoots the ball from the outside, handles the ball and then uh, attack you in the paint. So uh, definitely it's going to be a big handful for Vooch and, and Drummond. So hopefully they can use up all 12 of those fouls, you know, and get them tired. And uh, just, so he doesn't have enough energy to make it down the stretch. And let me just illustrate how big this stretch is for like the play-in tournament. Cause I'm, I'm not looking past the play-in. I'm be, I have made that known over the last couple of weeks. The Bulls right now are the 10th seed. Half came up on Washington, who, by the way, they have the watch. They have the Wizards next week. Then they're a game behind Atlanta, which that still yeah. interesting yeah. spot the Hawks are in this year. I really thought they'd be better. Miami is the eighth seed. I thought Miami would be better this year too. And then you've got Indiana. That's your play-in field. The Bulls are a game behind Atlanta. 
two and a half games, if my math is right, behind Miami, then three and a half games behind Indiana. They're still in the running here, and you'll have your opportunities later in the schedule, but this is your chance. Boston's the number one seed. If you can beat Boston, great. Another statement made. Philadelphia's the five seed. You can beat Philadelphia. I mean, again, I just think that's going to finally shut people up. And then Utah, by the way, they have come back down to earth. They are the 10 seed right now in the West. So opportunities is once again the word of the week. Yeah, they got to take uh, advantage of their opportunities. Every game is going to count from here on out to the, to the end of the season. So they got to make every game count, focus on one game at a time, not looking down the calendar. Um, so uh, if they, like I, do. Every, <laughs> I mean, that's what they're here for. That's what media is exactly. here for. Exactly. <laughs> but they got to, they got to make it count every game. So they can't really, like I said, look past anyone um, and just win every game and, and try to get the best record they can to the end of the season. You always say there are no days off in this league and you know that well from your time in it. Yeah. And that's why like you said, they take it one game at a time. It's our job to look beyond that. So like you look right. beyond these next three games here. Cause I, I've got these three circled that, that Utah game feels like a trap game to me. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's at home on the second half of back to back. That just feels like, I feel like Admiral Akbar in star Wars saying it's a trap like that. That's yeah, yeah. got, I'm circling that one literally as we speak it. With, right. That's got a trap game all over it. Washington, Oklahoma city, golden state, which golden state at home, which means the warriors are going on the road. They're bad on the road this year, Detroit, yep. Atlanta, Indiana, Charlotte, things are going to, you got opportunities there to maybe put a winning streak together. Finally, more than three right. games. Like yep. it's there for the taking. Just don't play down to your opponent. That's the biggest key. Yeah. Just come out with that attack mindset each and every game, um, starting the game off strong and, and then finishing it throughout. I think that's the biggest thing with the bulls. They start off good, but then they kind of, uh, tailwind throughout the second, third quarter. So, and then try to make a comeback in the fourth. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So they can just keep that mindset throughout for four quarters. Uh, I think they'll be in good shape. And we're going to see if this roller coaster ride continues. That's the word I used the other day. And man, it's just, I still don't know anything about this group besides that they can't beat bad teams, which is the exact opposite of how they were last year. I think that's why this is so frustrating to me. Right. Is they couldn't beat the good teams last year. They, they won the games they were supposed to win. Now, they're winning games they're not supposed to win, but they're losing games they're supposed to win. It's it's driving me insane. Yeah, hopefully, like I said, it gets better in the, the second half of the season and they can really, like, you know, turn around and, and not play down to their opponents. So hopefully they'll learn from that. And like I said, I think everything is a learning experience. And throughout uh, the season, they've had a lot of ups and downs. So hopefully they can, you know, continue on the on the high road from here. 17 and 21 is the record. We're going to see if that can improve here again. The Sixers, the Jazz, and the Celtics coming up next. And then... You know, you're going to have games you're supposed to win, and that's the, the pressure is going to turn up, in my opinion, after yep. these next three games. I think, especially with the up-and-down nature of the season, you have to string together a winning streak at some point. Oh, yeah, you have to. Like I said, um, one of my coaches, Key Smart, shout out to Key Smart, always said you got to put a two- or three-game winning streak together every two or three games. So try to go two-and-one, three-and-oh, and not one-and-two, oh-and-three. So if they can do that and put, the, put this next half of the season in three-game stretches, they'll be fine. I like that. I like that because with the way the schedule is here, they have plenty of opportunities for that. And remember the trade deadline is coming up February 9th. So you've got a good sample size of games here. If you want to make a move and back your way into the playoffs. And I still think a retool is where I lean. And we're going to keep the trade conversation going here over the next couple of weeks too, depending on what happens. If DeMar ends up getting traded, I'll be sad, but I mean, I understand why given the nature of his contract, you never want to see a guy like that get traded. But I mean, it's, it's a business and it's a, what have you done for me lately? And you're under 500, which means you've right. got to trade one of your guys, either him or Vooch or both. 
Right, yeah, one of them has to go. If, if like I said, if I was uh, the GM, I would keep him for now. Maybe uh, get rid of him in the summer, uh, and just try to make this season the best we can for now. And then uh, in the summertime, retool and and refigure things out. Maybe if you can get some draft capital during the season. Like True. I think it depends on if they throw a bag or something. Like if they yeah, yeah. if they're going to give you a first for Demar, how do you say no? I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm just literally this right. is me shooting for the moon here. If you can get a first round right. pick for one of these guys, but yeah, you know yeah. that's a that's a bigger conversation that we're going to have next week once we get through this back to back here. Philadelphia on the road Friday night, Utah back at home Saturday. I'm telling you, that's got that that sounds like a trap game to me. But then you <laughs> go on the road to Boston, like that's um, if. If we get another Lowry marketing revenge game, I'm gonna go ballistic. Hey. I'm tired of seeing that. I think I'm, I'm calling it right now. I think he's I think he's playing pretty well. He's gonna go for 30. Hopefully they're lost. I mean, <laughs> he probably will. He probably, he'll probably put up another 60 or whatever, like the, like Donovan yeah. Mitchell did, because they can't guard the three-point line. I don't right. know. But uh, that would make me very, very mad if that happens. But get through these next three games. We're gonna see where they're at. And then you really got to get a winning streak. That's just where I'm yeah. gonna stand on it. For the next couple of weeks, I want to see, and I don't want to see three games and lose to a bad team. I want to see five games, six games, and yep. take a run. I, the yeah. attitude, the attitude I want them to have is shut people up. Yep, really build your confidence, uh, build your team chemistry, and uh, just just don't worry about the naysayers. Just go out there and just play. Exactly. Well, we're going to recap the next couple of games here on next week's show, the first show next week. We're going to keep the trade talks going because we we did have a trade today, a very minor trade. Noah Vonley went to San Antonio. They're waving him. It was literally just a money swap, it seemed like. But still, teams are starting to make trades. So we're going to start digging deeper into trade possibilities, who's staying, who's going. I feel like the clash right now, should I stay or should I go? Like, There's a lot of possibilities we're going to dive into, and that's going to be in the coming weeks. But for now, we're focused on Philadelphia and Utah this weekend. We'll talk about that. To start next week, it's a wrap for today's episode of Believe in Bulls here on the Believe Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Use that promo code BLEAV. 50% welcome bonus is a really great deal. And buy our shirt, Jordan Pippen, 98, the last stands at Believe Shop. CJ, another fun show trying to figure out what the hell this team is doing. Hopefully we have a better idea on Monday when we come back here. I hope so. Hopefully, you know, positive, positive uh, uh, episode and talking about a win. Hey, I want good vibes. Right. Well, good if, they can, if they can put together a winning streak here, if they're on a three-game win streak when we come back, that's fine with me. I'll take yeah, it. It's even better. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll see, we'll see everybody back here on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.